Hey neighbors, on today's program, we speak with Dina Shirin. Dina is an incredibly talented photographer, originally from Riga, Latvia. Dina now lives in the Bronx, in New York. Dina's story with New York started at an early age, when she was eight. Being able to live in different boroughs of New York gave Dina a deep understanding of the city. I came to New York City when I was eight years old in 91, and I've only lived in New York City. I haven't lived anywhere else, but I think having the opportunity to live in different boroughs in New York City gave me a taste of New York comprehensively. Uh, I've lived most of my life in New York City in the Bronx and different neighborhoods in the Bronx, but I've lived in Manhattan for a couple of years. When my parents separated in 92, I got to live between Manhattan and Bronx, and then my dad moved to Brooklyn, so I spent a lot of time between Manhattan Beach, Brighton Beach, which is the area where all the Russians live, <laughs> and I would be commuting back and forth between the Bronx and, and Brooklyn. So I feel like Brooklyn is still like a very big part of my life and my heart, and I did live in Brooklyn for a couple of years before moving back to Riverdale. As I grow older, remembering parts of my childhood becomes more challenging. There are memories tied to certain places or events, however, that will be forever in my memory. Say, the first time my father carried me on his shoulders, that time I broke my leg before a friend's pool party, or even my parents' old apartment, the first place I called home. I remember Latvia very well, and it's surprising. A lot of people think my memory will be foggy or that I won't remember much, and I never came back. I did go back to Russia because my parents are from Russia. I visited my mom's family in the South a couple of times in the last 30 years, but I never went back to Latvia for some reason. But I remember the architecture, I remember the nature. My father and I, we spent a lot of time going swimming or fishing. Also, when I was in school, nature was a very big part of our lives. We would go on walks with the children. We would go mushroom picking. We would go sledding in the forest. And the woods was very close to where we lived, where the kindergarten was. So I, I do have very, like, fond memories. And that's probably also informed my love for nature because mm -hmm. I grew up so connected to the earth and like the forest and being curious about plants and fungi. So yeah, I just remember just the beautiful architecture of the old city. And also I spent a lot of my youth riding by train from Riga to Rostov, where my mom's family is from. And so there's the like nostalgic quality. I also took the plane to visit Rostov but I love taking the overnight train from Riga to, to Rostov. That was really nice. And so I still have those memories. So every time I hear the sound of the train, like it brings me back to my childhood. Carrying that unique collection of memories of the different places where she's lived helps Dina reflect on what the word home means to her. Yeah, it's interesting because since I came to this country, I've been trying to find home. When I came to the city, I felt like a foreigner, that I didn't really belong. But then when I would visit Russia, I also didn't feel like I belonged or that I was home. And a lot of people thought I was a foreigner as well because I 
well, in their eyes, maybe didn't look Russian. So I, I felt like, oh, okay, I don't really belong here either. And where am I from? And so from beginning of my childhood, I'm like, where, where is home? And I would travel to different cities, trying to imagine myself, well, can I live here? And if I don't live in New York City, where else can I live? And then finally, I realized that home is really not a place. It's just something that comes from inside of me and I can feel at home really anywhere. So I don't have to travel to, or I can travel to different countries, but I don't have to move somewhere else. Like I'm quite fine living in New York City and I felt this pull to leave the city, but now I think that it would be nice to stay put here for a long time. The entirety of today's program takes place in Riverdale, a neighborhood in the Bronx, where Dina lives. Have you ever had that feeling of being in a completely different part of the world, even though you're just a few miles away from your home? That is the exact feeling I had when I arrived in Riverdale. The hills, the greenery, and most importantly, the peace. I can tell why Dina loves her neighborhood. Stick around for more from Dina, our neighbor from Latvia, currently living in New York City. That's why I love living in Riverdale so much because you're still in the city. It's close enough to all of New York City. I mean, a lot of people think this is upstate New York because I'm so far north, but I really appreciate all of the, the forest here and being so close to Hudson Valley and then being able to like leave the city and to come here. It just feels quiet mm -hmm. because a part of me always wanted to just leave to the Catskills on the weekend. But if I can't, I have trails here in Riverdale. I can bike to Westchester and I just love it here. Too bad there's no swimming holes around. <laughs> there's a pool here, but other than that, I love how quiet this area is. That's important. I think having a sort of an oasis mm -hmm. away from, from the city and all the noise, the trains, I feel it's so important. Although the one train does make a lot yeah. of noise, but you can't, you can't have it all perfect. You can't right? have it all. It's like right. I have the views of Van Cortland Park and Yonkers, but then there's also the train station here, which kind of ruins the view, but you can't, it can't be perfect. <laughs> yeah, I guess that sort of quote unquote imperfection mm -hmm. also makes this place so special. Yeah. Right? So. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your community in New York, but also before I ask that, I have been thinking about this for like two minutes since I heard you talk about all the places that you lived in New York. So I'm thinking about this. So and let me know <laughs> if it's too intense. But do you have a definition of what home means to you or what, it, what home is? Yeah, it's interesting because since I came to this country, I've been trying to find home. When I came to the city, I felt like a foreigner, that I didn't really belong. But then when I would visit Russia, I also didn't feel like I belonged or that I was home. And a lot of people thought I was a foreigner as well because I, well, in their eyes, maybe didn't look Russian. So I, I felt like, oh, okay, I don't really belong here either. And 
where am I from? And so from beginning of my childhood, I'm like, where, where is home? And I would travel to different cities trying to imagine myself, well, can I live here? And if I don't live in New York City, where else can I live? And then finally, I realized that home is really not a place. It's just something that comes from inside of me. And I can feel at home really anywhere. So I don't have to travel to, or I can travel to different countries, but I don't have to move somewhere else. Like I'm quite fine living in New York City and I felt this pull to leave the city, but now I think that it would be nice to stay put here for a long time. And my dream would be to be bi-coastal or maybe live in another country. I've always felt attracted. I don't remember if I told you this in our last conversation when we met at the Bronx Documentary Center, but I've always felt a pull to Mexico and it would be really amazing to have roots in that country. If I could maybe spend my summers there or something with work, I, I would really like to spend part of my year in Mexico or maybe somewhere on the West Coast. I feel very drawn to the energy in the West Coast. Same. My uncle, who passed away about five years ago, used to live in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And when we were little, my mom used to send us to his house for a vacation during the summer. And so I remember that we used to drive around California when we were little. All of the cousins, or maybe like four or five, how many he could handle. He was a he was a big guy, and he was very strict. And I remember he was he was very easygoing, but when he got mad, he got mad. So oh. so we respect we we had a, a huge deal of respect for our uncle Pichon. But oh, I um, love his name. It's, what does that mean? Pichon, Pichon is a little bird, actually. Oh, which that's is so cute. ironic since he was a big tough guy that I was a wrestler. That. Um, he was a wrestler. Yes, and he fun story and true story too when they were little my mom and Pichon they used to play marbles with kids and at a point in time in the game my mom would give a signal to my uncle mm -hmm. and my uncle would sort of grab hold of the of every kid that was playing and my mom would steal the marbles and run Mm -hmm. So they were like a duo, like a dynamic duo, like thieves almost. Mm -hmm. And they, they like stole every marble. So anyway, that's my, that's what you need to know if you know anything. If you want to know any, something about Pichon, that's something that you need to know about him. He, I think about him every day. Aww. Not that story, but I think about him every day. But anyways, because of, of how much fun we were having in California, I also have a soft spot for that, for that place. Mm -hmm. And I think in Mexico, by the way, you might practice your Spanish. Yeah, yeah. My Spanish got really rusty. I was in Oaxaca and then the Yucatan area three years ago. And I really loved going there by myself because I, I was forced to speak Spanish. In Oaxaca City, there very few people spoke, spoke English. So mm. I, I really had to push myself and use my dictionary. But after a day, I felt less self-conscious about mm -hmm. my Spanish. So this is definitely motivating. My goal is to be fluent in Spanish. I have Duolingo, I have Rosetta <laughs> Stone. It's going to happen. It's really important for me to get fluent. So I think there's more opportunities, especially like with art and work. It would be really nice to, you know, maybe like retire in a Spanish-speaking country. Wow. That sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. I've thought about that too. Like, 
where would I retire? And I've thought about a Spanish-speaking country, too. Maybe, yeah, maybe in Mexico. I, I know that in Mexico, obviously, there, there are beaches. But I would think mm -hmm. about, like, a place where I can see the sea, the ocean. I kind of have this romantic dream of having a little boat mm -hmm. and maybe having a small dog. Or my dog's name is Shelby, so, you know, come that time, maybe I'll have Shelby the third. <laughs> and... And a we'll Shelby look-alike. A Shelby look-alike, yeah. Shelby, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, no. Now I, I can't stop thinking about about that moment when she yeah when she passes. Oh, forget about it. Like, yeah. I just started <laughs> thinking, like, about 10 it. years, 15 years. Oh, no, Shelby. <laughs> so I think part of what you said about home and how I think about home, too, is I think it's very abstract for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it also depends on on people. Mm -hmm. I associate home now with with many different people: my parents, my wife, my friends. Mm -hmm. Do you think about home too in, in those terms? In terms of of communities, have you had the opportunity to create communities in, in New York? Yeah, I think that's what made me feel most at home in New York City is the friendships that I've grown over the years. My parents living here, my brother, my my cousins live a little, they're a little bit spread out. But most importantly, yeah, my, my friendships with people that are here in New York City that provides a sense of home too. Mm. And I've never been very close to the Russian community in New York City, so that never provided that feeling of home. And I've never met a Latvian person in New York City either. I've always been more connected with the Russian culture, but coming to New York City so young, I definitely feel more American. There's mm. still, I feel more uh, like a global person because I've just traveled around the world and I love to experience other cultures. So even though I do identify as Russian, my interests are very broad. I, I love all cultures and I, I, I feel especially drawn to Latin America. Yes, that's incredible. Well, I'm Latin American, so thank you. <laughs> This might be a tough question, but is there a, a cuisine or a type of food in New York that you're most drawn to? That is a really hard question I because I love food. <laughs> I have not met food that I don't like. <laughs> That's really difficult. Hmm. I definitely like Latin American food very much. I love Mexican food. I like when there's a fusion between cuisines, like French Mexican, Japanese Mexican is really good. I love Peruvian. Mm. I was listening to your other episode about arepas. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I love arepas, and I don't really know which one I prefer, the one from Venezuela or Colombia, but arepas are delicious, and I like to make them myself. Yeah. Do you make you the make yellow arepas? One, I like the arepa con choclo with mozzarella. Wow. Uh, that one is really good. Or the, the white one, and I put something on top. So I, I love arepas. I love all corn dishes. Wow. That's mm -hmm. So, and, and you've also been to Caracas Arepa Bar. Yes. The one in Williamsburg is closing. I think it already oh, closed no. and they're yeah. selling off a lot of things from that restaurant. And I didn't have an opportunity to go there before it closed because they have oh. a much 
broader menu than the one in the Rockaways. But that's one of my favorite traditions over the last couple of years. Like, I just like to go to Beach 106 because I want to get my sangria slushie. I want (laughs) to get my arepa and rice and beans, of course. Rice and beans. And the tequeños. (gasps) Like, those are the best. It just changed my world. Dina, oh my God, I got to tell you this. (laughs) They're the best thing ever. There are some people... I won't name names, nobody in this room, but people that <laughs> I know personally and love, Americans, that say that tequeños, they compare tequeños to mozzarella sticks. And even in Caracas Arepa Bar, they have it as, I think, as Venezuelan mozzarella sticks. And I understand why they do that, so that mm-hmm. people, you know, they, oh. In the description. Yeah, in the description. Yeah. But they're so, so, way better, way, way better. Yeah, they're very different. Yeah. It's kind of like miniature empanadas, maybe. Yes. Although they're still not quite that, but yes. maybe that's a better descriptor than mozzarella sticks. I will keep that and say that when people say that, I'll be like, no, no, no. You're missing the point. It's like a mini empanada. It actually is because it's, I mean, it's filled with cheese. Yep. The dough is similar. The way they fry them is similar to. The mm-hmm. Kenyas are definitely my one of my favorite things to have at the restaurant but also at weddings mm-hmm. you know, to Kenya's is like they they sell quickly yeah I'll say. Mm-hmm. yeah so definitely Peruvian yeah. food I love Venezuelan and Colombian food as well they're all delicious mm. is there a, a restaurant that you really like or a couple of restaurants that you really like here in the Bronx that are Peruvian maybe or Latin American well there is a Mexican restaurant in the South Bronx, I think, called La Morada, which I haven't been to yet. But they have really good moles, supposedly. So it's on my list of places to visit. And I don't remember the names of the restaurants in Jackson Heights, but I had really amazing Ecuadorian, Venezuelan food, Colombian, and Peruvian food in Jackson Heights and Corona area. So that would be like probably one of the better. But Brooklyn has good restaurants, too. But I think Jackson Heights is like my preferred place Queens, for yeah. Latin food. Yeah. Yeah. There's so so much to so many different cuisines to try out. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a tough thing to decide. I know. I put you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> so what would be your top three? Top three. That's okay. I, I've had some time to think about it, and I think they <laughs> change with time, right? Yeah. But for now, I would say Chinese is one of my top cuisines. I like, there's a place near where I live called Tridem West. Mm-hmm. What I like about it is the, like the service. Mm-hmm. They're always so happy to see us because we go every Friday. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, they don't know my name. They mm-hmm. know Rachel's name. Mm-hmm. So they, oh, Rachel and... I'm like, okay, guys, I come here every Friday. I love you guys, but come on, Jose is not so... It's so hard. Not so hard, you know? And some people, when I get on an Uber, some people call me Josie. So, okay. So, I'll cut them some slack. I know. It's crazy. Mm. You do look like a Josie. I look like a Josie, right? Okay. Other, another funny story. Rachel comes up with different nicknames. Uh-huh. And one of them is Josie. And so, now her mom calls me Cozy Josie. Cozy Josie. Yes, That's good. Yeah, I have many nicknames, so... It, We'll get into that on the, on the sequel to this episode. So I'm, I'm going to change a little bit 
and ask you ask you this and feel free to you know we can talk about something else but is there anything currently that's keeping you up at night just thinking about the projects that i would like to work on this year just really finding the energy and the time there's just so much to do like the editing of my previous projects from the last couple of years I, i've definitely been on a long hiatus so just like thinking about this current self portrait series and how i want to see it develop just getting back into the flow of photography because i've just been so like focused on my health and like recovery that i just wanted to like really get back into the flow and the creative flow of things and getting back into CMC and meeting other photographers and thinking about the photography workshop that we have coming up in upstate in the fall and the winter show like that gets me really excited and i feel like when we initially met compared to now i'm like yes like that fire is like growing inside of me where i just didn't really want to do anything creative now it's it's really coming up inside of me and seeing other photographers work at the bronx documentary center going to icp seeing the work of william klein that definitely helped me a lot like get out of my funk and like wanting to create again so mm. it's not keeping me up in a bad way but yeah, i just get really that. excited yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, sometimes the things that keep us up at night are things that motivate us. Mhm. Which was my next question, you know, what what inspires you or what is inspiring you at this time, but I think I think you just you just answered it quite beautifully. It's the same thing that keeps you up at night. Yeah. Yeah. And it's inspiring to be part of a group. I mean, that was my motivation to join mm -hmm. CMC. It's being part of a group with like-minded photographers i think that sense of community and keeping each other accountable is really important because it's hard to just work on your own and having some prompts to work on photo projects and then follow-ups every month and showing the development of a of a project i think is really important like if you do that on your own i find that it's a lot harder to be yeah. accountable so i appreciate having this group such a blessing to and then developing friendships and going on photo walks together <laughs> and um, inspiring one another i think is really nice yeah it's a very positive group also the way that we handle reviews is also so that people can grow and and be better totally different from what i was used to back in venezuela when i was at design school yeah it used to be harsh harsh harsh, really harsh harsh it was tough mm -hmm. and this is quite the opposite it's you still get critique but it's more about what you can learn and prove mm -hmm. and i think that's really valuable and also the friendships the people that just talk to you about photography but also about other stuff mhm mm i'm happy i met you yeah likewise is there something or is there a group of things that you appreciate about new york city I think this goes back to the answer a lot of people have said in your podcast. I think what draws me to New York in comparison to other cities I visited is just how diverse the city is. You know, there's so many different cuisines, it's just full of culture and that's something that 
I really love about New York and want, and that's why I want to stay here because I can go to different neighborhoods and experience so many different cultures in the city. And that makes this place really beautiful. Yeah, it truly is beautiful. And do you have a vision for yourself in New York City? I think I'll be in New York City for a while. Yeah, many times I wanted to leave, but there's something that keeps me here. I'm like, what is it that keeps me here? And I probably my parents, because <laughs> a couple of times I told them, like, I, I think I might want to move to L.A. or somewhere out west. And they got really sad. <laughs> I mean, I understand why they yeah. would be sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I love having parents close by and being close to my family on the East Coast and the friendships that I've formed here. But I, I'm very open to living elsewhere. And But for now, I think I'll call New York City home for the next uh, 10, 15, 20 years. It's hard to really plan, but I think uh, as long as I might have an opportunity to also live somewhere else while I'm in New York City, we'll make it more exciting. Um, I try to go to the Catskills every month just to like change it up. Um, <laughs> but yes, I'll be here for a while. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Jose. I this really is really it. great. Thank you for the interview. I'm happy. I'm happy we got to do this. Likewise, likewise. <laughs> Should we, can we take some pictures? Yes, let's take some pictures. Awesome. New Neighbors is produced by myself, Jose Reyes, and by Alex Gerard. Special thanks to the powerful Dina Shirin for sharing her story. Dina's photography is spectacular. Check out her work on her Instagram, at Dina Shirin. That's at D-I-N-A-S-H-I-R-I-N. Also, special thanks to Alex Larian, my friend and photographer. Alex was our second photographer on site. You can check out his work on his Instagram at L-E-R-I-N-A-L-E-X. Our website is newneighborsproject.com. You can find the portraits of our new neighbors on the site, as well as my Instagram account, at Jose Reyes Art. We'll be back next week with more stories from our new neighbors. Ciao.